This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Welcome back to Life Made Better. Today, I'm very excited about our guest, Jenny Cranfield. She is one of those people that you meet and she leaves you with a warm smile, a feeling that you feel better just for knowing her. Jenny and I met nearly 28 years ago, God, I can't believe it's that long, when we were starting our teaching careers. We had an instant connection, both deep thinking rebels, loving a laugh, but curious to know more. We both loved to champion the underdog and within six weeks we were living together and the fun and friendship began. Her energy, passion, kindness and free-spirited nature has led her to live life on her own terms, focusing on what makes her and her boys happy and being brave enough not to take the conventional route. Although she didn't want to go to university, she obtained a first-class degree in teaching and in theology and philosophy and moved up the ranks in education very quickly, but knew quite quickly this wasn't what she really wanted to do. So she bravely retrained and now runs her own holistic therapy practice, as well as performing with her belly dancing troupe. It is so lovely to have you here today, Jenny. And I know you would rather be helping others than talking about yourself. (laughs) So I feel very privileged that you've come to share your story. Oh, I feel very privileged that you asked me. Thank you. I've listened to your podcast. I do love them. I think you're doing such such great work you're very inspiring thank you for having me oh, and um, I'm sure our audience would love to hear a bit more about you and what led you to live your life your way wow um you're right I didn't want to go to university I was very happy in Hastings in my own bubble going to everyone's 18th birthday parties um I was a real natter box and my mum and my dad had put a lock, a real padlock on the phone. There was no mobiles. <laughs> so when my friend said, oh, Jen, we're, we're able to use the phone. We've got unlimited access to the phone up at um, Helensburg College. We're going through clearing. They hadn't got in university. I hadn't got in university. I'd messed around. I hadn't obtained that great A-levels. And um, I hadn't been recommended, so I'd actually got refused for seven polys and seven universities, 14 placements that had said, no, they didn't want me. So anyway, I, I was lured into using the phone, free access to the phone. I got on the bus. I went up to the college. I was ringing all my mates. I was working out what we were going to do the weekend. And then my friend said to me, turkey necks come in which was the name we called the head and she just slid me this prospectus the closest one to her it happened to be Roehampton and I opened it up quickly and I made the phone call and I looked like I was going through the process of clearing and doing what I was supposed to be doing not just ringing up all my pals and uh, I got through to a lady and she said that they've only got courses with religion and theology and teaching and I'd never ever thought about teaching or I dropped RE um, at GCSE level I I didn't take a GCSE anyway I 
didn't think anything more, but I slipped it into conversation with my dad that evening. And he said, if you get an opportunity like that, you must follow it. I was like, oh no, he drove me to London to the interview. I was like, no, I don't want to do a religious and theology degree. So anyway, I tried to sabotage my chances. I dressed, wonder bras were out, which pushed all your boobies up and I wore a boob tube and hot pants. And the person that interviewed me, I was sitting in the waiting room, was a nun. I thought, brilliant. This is, this is such a peach. You've got to absolutely detest what I'm wearing. She's going to detest everything I'm going to say. I'm going to say, you know, that I, I dropped Ari like a hot brick and didn't study it. <laughs> and uh, she didn't. She gave me the place. She gave me the place. And then I was driven up there by my dad. A few weeks later, he said, do not come back before Christmas. I was, oh no, what have I done? Oh my God. I was in this college. It was a Catholic college. There was no bar. It was not like what I was used to. And we had to go to mass on the first day. And at mass, I was giggling and you turn around and I thought, oh, he's a kindred. And yeah, we met, we moved out and we had such fun, such fun times, just partying, seeing the world, being free, living life. Uh, it was amazing. It, it was, it was amazing. I thank you so much for being such a joy in my life, Fleur, because we still have a very, very warm friendship now with so much shared experience and so much shared past. So thank you. I love how all <laughs> your plans backfired, Jenny. But maybe it did everything. Been, it, I, I'm, I'm sensing that it might have been because you needed to meet Flair and that was the only way to put her in your path. So there's all reason. There's always, then the universe had a plan because as I have progressed in my studies, they link back to when I was in the classroom, they had the Vedic texts in Hindu and they were in Sanskrit and uh, we were translating them. And now having studied Reiki to mastership level and I look back and there's so many parallels between what I learned in, in the Aryan theology degree with the, with the Vedas and the Upanishads and, and the Vedic, you know, beauty and health, it all links back to, to India and to the theology studies that I did. So the universe really did have a plan for me that I was resistant, very, very resistant. Um, but, you know, that was, that was my past. I didn't, didn't realise it, but that was for me. Isn't it said that when the student is ready, the master will present? Perhaps you were just a few years earlier, but the master was yeah. there. Yeah, that's right. I was still in my warrior phase, you know, very young warrior, battling against it. But yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. The master did present itself. Yeah. Uh, I think you are Always a spirit, a real spirit though. And I think even though you resisted the religion, I think you loved all the the learning of the philosophy because yeah. you were very good at it, even though you were always like, 
gosh, I've got to get this essay done, or gosh, I've got to do this, or just one more essay. I remember us so well. We had our books out, but we had them out really, really late for the next day. It was about midnight. I don't know if you remember this. And then we said, oh, do you know what? Let's just go out clubbing. Do you remember? We packed up and we went to the West End. It was, we, were, we, we got a right balance. We never took it too seriously. We never took ourselves too seriously. And um, we, we got the right balance because I think doing the teaching degree with another degree on top, we never had a break in the, in the curriculum where every single day was filled and you know we had to do a teaching practice once a week every week for you know for four years and then teaching blocks on top of it so it was crammed really crammed into the four years so I think you know we were working hard and it was important to play hard to get the right balance for us at that time. Yeah most people were doing only a few hours a week and we literally had a full schedule because we were doing two degrees. I mean I don't think you even knew that you managed to get yourself on two degrees on that day that you turned up and met your nun. No I didn't even <laughs> want to do one and there was a nun offering me two and I was no thank you. <laughs> I should be a poet, poet and didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. So no, I didn't. Didn't know what I was signing myself up for. And uh, my dad, when he dropped me off and he said, you know, don't come back till Christmas because he knew that I was going against the grain. He cried all the way home. He cried. You know, it was tough love. It was tough love. And, you know, since he's passed, I really am grateful. In fact, when he was when he was dying, I wrote him a letter and I said, thank you. Thank you for pushing me for all the opportunities that you gave me, you know, he, he took me there. Not only did he take me there, but they didn't give me a place in the halls of residence and he wasn't happy about that because he thought I was really, you know, useless with money, which I was, but I'm quite good at now. Um, so he said, oh no, you've got to have a place in the halls of residence, otherwise you'll run up huge bills. And uh, he actually emailed them, well, faxed them in those days, until and begged them until I, I went up the, you know, the waiting list. And it was literally, you know, a week or so. It was, you've got a place in Digby Stewart and uh, this Catholic college. And off I went against everything that I wanted to do, really, which was, you know, not a lot, to be fair. I, had, <laughs> I did have my driving lessons booked and a few interviews, but yeah, I, I, I wasn't driven. Let's put it that way. But I think it shows a lot about you because even if you were reticent to do it, even if you didn't think you were ready, even if it was something that you didn't quite want it to do, you showed up and you stood up for yourself and you'd said, okay, I'm here now let's do it. And what I'm finding very interesting in hearing this bit of your story is that you were facing quite a few odds and kind of potentially facing the future that you were not looking forward to embarking yourself on. And now you've turned that around. You, as Flair was saying in the intro, you've set up your own holistic therapy. You also do belly dancing, which you're not getting away with. I'm going to be asking about that later on. But you, know, you turned your story around and you've put yourself in this place where hopefully you're looking back now, everything makes sense and you are in that 
calm place where you want to be right now. So I think one thing that will be quite useful for our listeners is hear from you what would be your top three tips to help someone to follow those dreams instead of saying, you know, I don't want to do this or staying in a job that is not making them feel happy. If you find your passion, that that really helps. If you find uh, a passion and and get the self-belief to indulge in that. I did love teaching. I did it for 10 years and uh, I used it as a a platform really. It was pre-children to to study all the things, all the holistic therapies that I wanted to do. But yeah, I had had self-belief and a trust that, okay, you know, maybe I'm here now, but like you say, I'm going to stand up and go forward. And that is the hardest step, isn't it? Going forward. Susan Jeffers, you know, in her book that says about the when and the then, and you can always make excuses, you know, when I've done this next course or, oh, when I've reached this age, then I can do it, you know? But the power really, really is now. Like Eckhart Tolle, he says in his book, the power is now. Now is all we really have. So, yeah, if you can get over the blocks and the self-sabotage and the fear that you're not ready and just, like you said, you know, show up and take steps forward. Yeah, you can, you can really make a difference, inspire people as well. Many people have inspired me. You two inspire me. Um, my nan, who's 91, she really inspires me. Um, she's been poorly she's she's a fighter she's had cancer and she's been in hospital in lockdown but she still manages her three-bedroom home and does her gardening and cooks for herself beautiful food and keeps herself well so yeah I find I find inspiration in people um nature the allotment plants you know things want to want to thrive things really we don't want to just survive, really. It's just fear, I think, that holds us back. And, you know, when I'm at my allotment and I'm investing in a future by planting the seeds, and, and I know that plants need certain conditions to thrive like we do as adults. We have got certain, you know, boundaries and conditions and things that help us to thrive they're all so unique. They're all so different. The conditions are so different. So it's finding, it's finding your path, finding what makes you thrive. And what doesn't make you thrive is putting blocks in your way. And I think that was a block I was putting in my own way, not going to university. I didn't, I didn't think I was clever enough for that. You know, I was the first in my, in my family who'd ever had that opportunity, which, which is why my dad was so, so keen to send me. But that path just I didn't think was accessible to me so by showing up and uh, and realizing that sometimes the universe has got a plan for you and uh, just take steps forward on that plan keeping in the now and not worrying about what's to be I think it's amazing that even though you you went to university and you didn't even think that you wanted to be there like you said you did show up every day and you became so successful in teaching so quickly because actually at heart, you're very passionate and very kind, very thoughtful and you actually get people. Mm, and that's what kept you. you at university really, wasn't it? All the people mm, you know, mm, had a yeah, It was, 
yeah it was the connections see connections can can hold you back or they can they can put you forward I was engaged before I went to university so there was that to consider and uh, you know I had great connections but you know you you move on and you make more connections and different connections and you know how water finds its own level if you used to put funnels and tube in so you find your own path you find your own tribe in life and you have to trust the process yeah I think what you're saying to our listeners as well you might be in a in a place where you think it's not for you but actually because the universe has a plan it might be the stepping stones that you need the learnings the teachings that you needed for your next steps because really you think about it the teaching allowed you to have the confidence to realize that you'd be a great mum it allowed you and the degree allowed you to have the confidence to actually I am very smart I just don't put myself in that category because I'd rather have a laugh yeah that's true and the, and the teaching career did give me you know uh, the Notting Hill housing scheme which gave me the opportunity to buy my own property quite young you know because they lent you a proportion and then when you sold it you gave them that proportion back so they made money which goes into the scheme to help other people so you know but even that I had to be in the power of the, the now and not overthink it. I just, you know, I drove to, to South Nord because I knew you, I knew you'd lived there and I knew the area and I literally, you know, just said, I'll have that. And it all transpired that, you know, I could, and I, I, I bought, bought this house. Well, I got this mortgage in my early twenties and I can remember I moved myself in, in the car. And I, my point of reference was the pub on the road was called the pickled newt. Do you remember? And, um, I thought, okay, I know how to get home. I was working in Clapham for the 10 years teaching. I know how to get home because I live on the road of the pickled newt and blow me down. They changed the sign of that pub to the Albert Tavern on the day that I went to work. And I was so foxed by that. I was like driving around thinking, where do I live? Oh my goodness. So, you know, I didn't really take things too seriously. And I did go with the flow, even though the thought could really, really petrify me if I was to overthink buying a property or overthink things. So, yeah, I've been in situations where I have just gone with the flow and it has always worked out. The universe has got my back. So having this higher source, having this power, you know, that I can surrender, surrender, surrender all your thoughts, all your worries, all your, your overthinking, all your self-sabotage, just surrender it. You know, don't take it too seriously. Surrender everything. You know, we're only here once, aren't we, at the end of the day. You ruin the now, don't you, by mm. You can't enjoy any of the now by overthinking. That is something you can't. I think that's something that our audience, knowing them, uh, you know, knowing that is something that the majority of people struggle with, can find challenging and daunting. So I really think you made a really good point there, Jenny and Fleur, by, with this surrender. Um, and I like to point out that surrendering doesn't mean that you give up on something and you stop caring. So when we say surrender, we say it from the perspective of understand what the situation is about, understand what you can do with the situation and the cards that you've been given, and then apply the common sense, apply the next step or what, you know, what Jenny was saying, 
living the now. That's what surrendering is about. It's trying not to control everything and making it go your way. It's understanding what the situation is about and how you can take it to your advantage, which I think is a very important. There's so many things you can't control, isn't it? It's impossible. Mm-hmm. You've got to put in an outcome. You can only put in what you put in in that moment. But yeah, that, you have to surrender to the outcome of what's going to happen because there's too many variables. That's true. And I heard a podcast with um, Sadhguru and he was saying that, you know, fear is either from a memory or from imagination. And this is so true. You know, we can we can have fears from memories and, and fast forward that and play it out in our imagination. And uh, yeah, but being in the power of, of the now in this moment, there is no fear. We, you know, this is all we have. And uh, Eckhart Tolle, he says he does presentations to thousands of people, but he just goes through his day, you know, right, I'm now getting in the car and now I'm at the studio and now I'm on the chair and, you know, really, really, really just observing circumstances around him that absorb him. Therefore, his mind can't fast forward to an imaginary fear or trigger panic or anxiety because he really is in the now. So, yeah. That's important. We've experienced diff- difficult times, aren't we? Let's face it. Oh, that, all of us, yeah. That is life. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how well your life is going, there's going mm-hmm. challenges. And I know you becoming a single mum of two boys was a big challenge for you. Well, it wasn't in the plan. You know, you never plan it, do you? You never, ever plan to have these things happen to you. But, you know, moving down to Eastbourne, it was a... A financial decision uh, in the end because my partner had run up some debts and uh, so it was to sell that and to buy this cheaper and it was a difficult time because I was with the boys one and two and they were too little to do the therapies that I trained hard for I'd immerse myself in you know crystals and bark remedies and I take diplomas in um, holistic massage I had to start again, actually, because I didn't do biology at GCSE, so I had to do anatomy and physiology diploma first and then do the reflexology afterwards and the Reiki one to the mastership level. And I was so in my bliss, but moving down with the children on my own, and they were only one and two, there just wasn't space, time, harmony to have clients. It wasn't the right time. So I retrained again as um, a seamstress. I went to my local college as soon as I had the chance and they went to nursery. My youngest went to nursery. I had a couple of hours window and uh, I found a course, pattern cut and construct. And uh, I learned how to make belly dancing clothes and uh, I sold them to my troop. And uh, I used to make dolls in the likeness of the dancers. And I also found that was a way of connecting people. I would get messages from people that would say, my mum's deceased and I've got all her clothes in and I want to make it into something special. And I had lots of lovely commissions like that where I could turn somebody's nighty into, you know, cushion pads or an apron. So I found love and connection in, in that work as well. And it was it was, um, people said, oh, you can't give it up. Again, you know, you get judgments. It was doing really well. But Jenny Wren's Handmade Gems became Jenny Wren's, you know, holistic therapies. That was my 
calling, you know, that's what everything, all this stepping stone was leading up to. And, um, you know, to be able to learn that, but then to be able to massage my dad on the day that he died and help the, you know, fluid retention in his legs and soothe him and use reflexology as a tool up, up until he died is the greatest gift. You know, everything is transferable. Knowledge is never a waste. You know, giving up the, the teaching was never a waste because I learned a lot about special needs. I had a hand in special needs coordinatorship and um, I learned about autism and, you know, and I have clients, lots of special needs clients that I can soothe and uh, I know their needs from having written individual educational plans for them you know I knew that they probably enjoy you know a less stimulating environment uh, blackout curtains but things that they can hold and um, fiber optics and uh, yes so so it's all everything I've learned has been transferable and all fed all dovetailed into where I am now and I still love learning still curious yeah I think that's beautiful as well because it's also helping people to understand that um, just because they might be doing something that they feel is their calling, it will help towards their calling. Like you said, they are yeah. terrible. Yeah, I mean, being with uh, young children in the early years helped me with um, providing lovely environment for my children with, you know, textures, Play-Doh. You can learn everything you need to know at that age in a sandpit. You really can, you know. <laughs> You can learn a lot from young children and how they behave. They are in the now. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and, you know, with a sample, you can have transferable states, add in water, you can use chopsticks, you can write, you can do volume and mass and area. And, you know, I think sometimes we just see learning in this pigeonholed way. Um, so it's, it's given me, you know, the knowledge that learning often happens out of the classroom. More learning happens out of the classroom. And being in lockdown, you know, my children have got up, they've seen, got up at 4.30, they, they went on their bikes and they saw sunrise down on the beach. And that's, that is soul-warming stuff. That is memories made. That, that is real kinesthetic learning. And I think boys are prone to learning in the outdoor environment. Mm. You know. That is, that is really true, Jenny, and I'm hearing two things that I think are worth pointing out because all that you're describing about, to me, has been about openness and perspective, which are two things that are key to get to that success and to carry on living in our own truth. When you front everything with that open heart and knowing that there's a learning coming your way that you may be able to use later on, then that's why things pan, pan out. And I think, as you were mentioning, all these steps that you've been through have led you to where you are today and have done so because you've been open to receiving them, which is a key factor mm. that not many people have. And the perspective, like, you know, I know many parents that think that their children are down by the beach at 4 a.m. will be like, well, they should be in bed or they should be doing something, quote-unquote, productive but you're choosing to see in for the perspective of this is soul nourishing. So again, mm. it's making that decision, making that choice to see things from a different perspective. We can't mm. change the way you can see life. Yeah, that Absolutely, is, yeah. Of being authentic and giving mm. the 
freedom actually to grow and be the people they're supposed to be. This is what's leading to a lot of mental health problems. We're not allowing children freedom. They're going from course to course to club to club and they've not got that freedom to grow. Yeah, it, it is. It's finding your authentic self. And sometimes, you know, classrooms, tick boxes, statistics, that isn't necessarily learning, you know. There's so much. There's this big world, big wide world out there. And it's about having the confidence, the confidence to explore it. And for me, when they set their alarms and they had the motivation and they didn't include me in it and they went down as a team and actually they were taking photographs for their photography GCSEs because Laurie's doing a photography GCSE and Harry's starting it in September. So they were using the outdoor as a, as an outdoor classroom. So, you know, it, does highlight that you you don't have to be sat down at a desk to do learning you know and and for us our life lessons our life lessons are not done in a classroom are they they're they're real things with real people that happen you know and it's the way we deal deal with situations do you feel you learn more from your challenges than you have from your successes oh yeah definitely I am. Um, I don't see myself as really successful. I do see myself as thriving personally, but only I'm thriving personally because I have now the tools. I have the tools to be able to help. So if I'm, you know, oh, I feel anxious today. I can. I know. For example, you know, I've picked some lavender. I've got lovely lavender in a bowl and I can put it under my pillow and I cleanse my crystals. And I know the grounding crystals that suit me, you know, that resonate in the, the lower chakras because that's often the fear-based chakras. And I know that sort of red and tiger's eye, red jasper and tiger's eye crystals are very grounding for me. And when I go to bed, I can put them by my ankles to literally root me down. And I've learned things about, you know, the, the, the cycles of the moon and how that can influence us. It influences the tides and, you know, we're 70% water. So, you know, how sometimes the waxing and waning moon can influence your moods and can influence how you feel and planetary shifts. And, you know, we've been for a stage of planetary mercury, mercury retrograde, which is often and you know where communication is hard and phones go and you know cars go and energies are different so it's sort of understanding energies not you know not panicking not fearing fear and knowing you've got all the tools in everything to self-soothe yourself not just through fear, but through, you know, disappointment or, you know, low feelings of grief. Grief grief has been my biggest learning lesson to realize the fragility of life and, you know, not to take life too seriously, but to make a difference in your life. Because at, the, at my dad's funeral, you know, so many people were shaking my hand when they were going out the church saying, you know, thank you for sharing him and he did such good work and Lots of people wanted to plant trees and do memorials, and, you know, and I thought I need to be making a difference. I need to be showing up and making a difference. Yeah, death is one of those things that really does wake us up, doesn't it? To the reality of, you know, we're getting nearer to it every day. So show up. Mm, and yeah. 
we are we are you're right and uh, you know i've lost uh, friends al- already and i'm sure you have you know and they haven't been what we deem as old so you know it's a wake-up call it's a wake-up call to look after ourselves to look after you know our well-being and uh, be a nice person be, be a good decent human being that looks out for other people so that when you you know you do pass you can leave a legacy like my dad did you know gave me great great opportunities in fact when you asked me to do the podcast i said oh no why me gosh i haven't got anything to say you say i you're inspiring i say oh no i'm not and then i thought okay my dad said didn't he right back to the beginning of the conversation about going to university when you get an opportunity you have to take it so i texted you back didn't i i said i'll do it and I'm pleased to have. Yeah. I'm really very pleased that you did, Jenny. It's been beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is there one question that you wished we'd has, had asked you today that we have? Oh, hmm. what's my favourite therapies? Ask me that. What's your favourite <laughs> therapy? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> I haven't got a favourite. <laughs> No, I do love them all. Reflexology has been particularly helpful and lots of people after lockdown have, have missed that. And that's the, the, the therapy that they have been missing because it keeps you in balance. They call it homeostasis, where your body's in balance and it, it, it balances the circulation, the endocrine, which the hormonal system, everything, you know, the, the stomach, it can help IBS. It can help, even toothache and backache. The, the spine is on the, the side of the foot. Um, it's, I've used it to help uh, with fertility and had good results. And yeah, so reflexology, I think, is one of my favorites. But Reiki for me personally, to balance my chakras, is a daily thing with meditation. And that's what I'm really curious about now is our Vedic health and well-being and you know they use dried herbs and you know medicines thousands and thousands of years ago um, you know and when I was doing the religion degree I learned about the you know the Indus Valley and how they they then had ritual and ceremony and and all these things that are important for our well-being you know we can really push through emotions by um, celebrating, you know, manifesting in a new moon and celebrating full moons and things like that. They can really help to shift, shift blockages. Um, And same with the, you know, the seven major chakras in the body, which are, you know, chakra just means will in Sanskrit. And uh, yeah, so there's, there's seven and you can shift blockages, energy blockages. So yeah, uh, it's, fascinating our Vedic health and well-being and that will be what I'll be studying next you can hear that learner's mindset you know Mm. how you accidentally become a teacher because you're such a learner it's so true I think that's that is exactly why I had sort of imposter syndrome teaching because I'd be observed and I think right this is where they find out I'm a phony you know because I didn't I never really feel like I know it, that I am a teacher, I am a student, I'm a student of life, always learning. You know, I am, I'm a server, that's, that's the, the person I am, uh, you know. 
you know as well you help so many people you you know you help disabled people you help people dying of cancer you help people that are nervous you help people that feel lonely and I do think that that is such an incredible gift that you're giving thank you I think it's because I can relate to you know feelings that they're having I can relate to loss and and I can relate to anxiety and I can relate to the the people you know that are coming with these issues and and I think that makes them not feel alone and I think once somebody feels that somebody gets them, that somebody understands their issues, then I think, you know, the problem is, is halved, really. It's uh, knowing other people, you know, talking about your phobias and being accepted, just having that acceptance, you know, acceptance for yourself as well as acceptance for everybody. So also you need certain boundaries and conditions to thrive. And I think that acceptance is so important. And when somebody else accepts you and cares for you, of course, then it's easy to easier to accept yourself. Absolutely, yeah. It's all okay. We'll be yeah, okay. that's right. Yeah, we are. We're all okay. We're all surviving every day we've got here, you know. For all the sleepless nights and everything, it's not made any difference. We're still, you know, showing up and... Uh, still succeeding every single day we're amazing we're so resilient the human spirit the human nature you know is so adaptable and resilient and there's so much kindness out there really is yeah if you're opening your eyes every morning you're winning at life that's it there are two gifts you open one eye one gift second eye two gifts so you know two gifts that some people don't have in their lives you know the power of sight to be able to see, wow, we take these things for granted until, you know, until perhaps we're elderly and we get cataracts or glaucoma or something and, you know, and sight is taken away and then we, we, we long for how we could see and this is a lesson for, for life. We, we want to appreciate, appreciate everything we have now, not look back and um, wish we'd appreciated it when we had it. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? And that's why it's, uh, if we can have a wake-up call and just open our eyes and appreciate things daily, then we won't be looking back on our deathbed and going, you know, I wish I'd done this, I wish I'd done that. I, it's a beautiful thing to be able to appreciate whilst we're here. And yeah, and really stopping, you know, what's the point in having a nice garden if you don't sit and watch the bees you know drain the nectar from the plants and cross pollinate what's you know what's the point in creating such a lovely holistic environment if you're not going to surround yourself with beautiful burning essential oils and you know and and using all these herbal remedies that we can make from the garden and we can grow it's all at our fingertips, all of this. Of your stuff, don't you? Naturally from the garden, all the stuff you use for your clients. Yeah, you not, not all the stuff, but now I've started buying stuff with plant stem cells in that has been, yeah, that has been made organically. I, I do like to make stuff where I can from the um, allotment. You know, calendula is a lovely, lovely orange flower. And you can infuse it in oil and it makes a lovely sticky healing oil. And yeah, there's, that's another thing that I want to learn. All the medicinal properties of herbs. And I'm going to do a herb, herbalist course in the future so that I can be qualified to make tinctures for people. But 
bark remedies are great. I did a course on the 38 different bark remedies for different personality types. And uh, you can make different blends for people with different, you know, personalities. That's funny um, how that's going around though, isn't it? Because you used to take bark remedy at university when you got nervous. Oh, I still do. I live by the pastels. Yeah. And I've introduced my nan. When my nan went back, she, uh, home, she'd been taken by ambulance and a fire brigade had stretched her down the stairs. She'd been really, really, really poorly. And it was getting her confidence back. And I said, nan, you know, there's these beautiful bark remedy pastels. They're so soothing and restoring. And uh, I gave her some and uh, I, I regularly give her bark remedy pastels and Guinness. <laughs> Good old Guinness, because she was low in iron. So uh, yeah, they they are amazing. And and Doctor Bark, he he was something else. He was you know brilliant at get pinpointing a personality type, like you know white chestnut for the overthinkers, for cyclical thoughts, trying to break that pattern. Um, oak for the people that you know continue in the face of adversity until they eventually drop. <laughs> and uh, you know you can. See see yourselves in so many of the different remedies you think oh gosh I need all of them but yeah the, the bark the rescue remedy has about I don't know about eight of them for panic mainly and restoring faith so they're just a good go-to and they sell them in boots and they're always three for two um, but they do a night one and they do chewing gums and lockets and all sorts of lovely things. So, yeah, I'd really recommend them. And everything that I do, I think that's why people do warm to me because I am authentic. I do believe in these things. I do take them myself, you know, um, as well as recommending them. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Jenny. You definitely, you definitely show your passion this and I Thank think anybody you. that listens to this episode is crazy not to pick up the phone bag and give you a ring afterwards if anything for <laughs> so thank you. thank you for sharing this worldwide of story of yours which I'm sure many of us can relate to uh, definitely I'm walking away with you know the power of now and taking the things and the learnings as they come and know that they are going to input you in the future in any shape or form I think that's a beautiful beautiful learning Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for having me. Continue to have that learner's mindset as well, I think, is a big takeaway for me today. You know, you'll never stop learning. No. And you've got your beautiful energy out there, and that has made such a difference to you and to all the people you've had around you as well. So thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Lots of love, ladies. Enjoy the weather. Get your vitamin D. It's sunshine shiny today have a wonderful day and thank you so much again from the bottom of my heart thank you and jenny where can people find you oh, websites um so i've only got a facebook page um it's jenny wrens just jenny wrens if you look me up on facebook and then you'll see you know the therapies that i do and your little videos that you put up Oh my God, I was cringing, cringing at that. <laughs> I don't like my voice. I don't like the way I go. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, but I wanted to share a Five Thieves video because it's a good alternative to hand sanitizer. No, well, not really an alternative. It hasn't got the alcohol, doesn't try, but in that way, it doesn't dry your hands out. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's made from cinnamon and clove and rosemary and eucalyptus. And it's great. They're, they're great uh, antiseptic and antiviral 
essential oils to use and you can put them in some water you can make a blend with some salt so that the oil and the water mix and then you can spritz it spritz it on your hands and spritz it in your environment and uh, you know in these times we're all trying to keep it so clean and so pure um and this is a nature natural way we can do that yeah, having chemicals on our hands every day as an antibiotic mm. treatment is uh, mm. well, not good that in the comments so people know where to find it we'll, we'll put your picture in the comment and a link to the video because i think it's going to be very very useful oh my gosh i was in the garden you can barely hear it's such a windy day <laughs> i wouldn't advertise okay. that to anyone <laughs> That's your uh, little critical voice coming in there. Yeah, I've always got that inner critic. I'll have to find a Bart remedy to hit that one on the head. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you to our audience for listening to us today for one more episode. Please um, subscribe. That helps us to keep going and share the love. And until next time, keep inspired.